Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. This morning's scripture lesson is from Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 31. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why it is that you ask my name. And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Here ends the lesson of the day. The gospel lesson is from Luke, chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, hmm, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Here ends the gospel today. Thanks be to God. We have this rather mysterious story about Jacob. Now Jacob is getting ready to set out on a perilous journey. It shouldn't ought to have to be perilous, but his name Yaakob means one who strives or one who tries to overtake. Because Jacob, you'll remember, was born a twin. It was very important in the heritage of the families of that day Who's the firstborn? Well, on that short journey into daylight, Esau beat him out. But Jacob was born clinging to Esau's heel, trying to catch up with him. Hence his name, the one who's trying to overtake, overcome. And then as a young man, we know that 
He actually tricked their father Isaac into giving him the birthright of the firstborn. And Esau, separated from the family, let's be gentle here, not happily. And Esau became a, a strong patriarch in his own right of another people. And now Jacob is on his way to try to make peace with Esau. There haven't been any positive communications here. He's going to try. He's, he's sending great gifts ahead, flocks and herds and fleeces and whatever. He sent part of his family ahead. He's keeping his favorite wife and children with him. So he sent them in three parties. So if Esau wipes out the first one, the second one can flee, and the third party isn't in peril. He's not in a trusting, happy space, but he's going to try. So he's going across this ford of the Jabok. Now the Jabok is a wadi, that is a seasonal stream. And it's known to this day in that region by its Arabic name, which I won't try to remember or pronounce. Fair enough, we'll just call it the Jabok. It's easier. And God loves in his word, word plays. I do too. Whether it's in a limerick, or poetry, or play on words in, in, in any language I can manage it in. When the scripture says that God wrestled with Jacob at the Jabbok. In Hebrew, wrestled as Ya'abek with Ya'akob at the Yabok. So the same three consonants getting twisted with a slight change in the, in the vowels. Don't ask me to try to say that again. It's a word play wrestled Jacob and Jabbok all, and Jacob and Jabbok are pretty close already, will wrestle in Hebrew the same thing. So everybody else goes across the Jabbok and for whatever reason, Jacob's coming last. Fear of Esau? I don't know. When I was at scout camp with my Cub Scouts going all over the camp, I was always the last in line to make sure nobody fell out. Didn't want to lose anybody in the woods. So maybe that's what he was doing, was shepherding his family across the Jabbok. We don't know, except that somebody got in his way. Kind of like if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, when the, the wizard says, you will not pass, well, here's somebody saying, not so easy, wrestle me to get across the river. Now, I got a, a checkered history with wrestling myself. I'm not sure it fits the story, but it's a fun one to tell. Wrestling was something I had to do in school. Trust me, I didn't volunteer. The only remnant I have of wrestling, and Jacob gets a different one, is that the inside of my nose is misshapen from elbows. The head guard, my nose sticks too far out of the head guard to be protected in wrestling. Well, I kept managing to get injured my first year in school. So I went through wrestling, got to a certain point, and something popped in my ankle. I limped for a while. End of the year, they had to make up session. I started wrestling. I think it was the shoulder went out that time. So here I am in my second year of school. Wrestling's supposed to be in my distant past, and I'm doing it again, because you had to finish it. So there's maybe a dozen of us sophomores, we call ourselves yearlings, in the wrestling class. The problem is when you wrestle, if anybody here's ever been in any kind of wrestling, you do it by weight. When you've only got 12 or 15 guys in the class, and I was at about 175 pounds, six foot one, I was a beanpole then. 
We had to wrestle every other guy in the class before we were done to get all our graded points. So those of us who are called flankers are wrestling against some of the guys that were called runts. We didn't want to pin the little guy, have him lose all his points in flunk wrestling. That wasn't very nice. We also weren't supposed to fix our bouts because that was cheating. Except that we weren't cheating to help ourselves. We were cooperating to keep a buddy from flunking out. The instructors caught on to what we were doing. They weren't, they weren't stupid men. So ahead of time, they say, hey, Buck, you're going to wrestle Chuck today, and you've got 45 pounds on Chuck. You've got a half a foot of reach on Chuck, and you're not going to pin Chuck, right? In fact, you're going to let Chuck get loose and turn around and grab you a couple times to get the points for reversals and takedowns and all things in wrestling are points. The blessing out of that is that Chuck got enough points to pass, so did I. The instructors turned a blind eye because they figured if we were good enough to wrestle in a way that got everybody enough points to pass, we knew our wrestling whether we were good at doing it or not. Everybody in that section passed wrestling. That was the blessing we gave each other, I guess. We already knew our names. But the blessing was to wrestle in such a way that everybody got blessed by passing it and being done with that subject. We were thrilled the last day when they handed out the grades and everybody passed wrestling. And the instructors could never quite congratulate us because they weren't supposed to know we fixed the bouts. But there were a lot of winks when the grades came out. They knew. That was, that's my love-hate relationship with wrestling. I learned just enough of it to help my friends, but not enough to be real good at it. I never liked it. So poor Jacob, to get across the, the Jabbok, now he's already sent party one, party two, and party three has just crossed the Jabbok. He's the only one left. And here's this mysterious figure, an angel. Some modern commentators would say it was Jesus himself who wrestled with him. Whoever it was, this wrestler was of God. Now, Jacob was a scrapper. We know that from the way he dealt with his father-in-law, from the way he dealt with his own brother. Not always a scrapper in a good way. When, when he cheated in wrestling, it wasn't always for the good. But he was a scrapper. So he hangs on to this faceless, nameless wrestler. He hangs on so tight, the wrestler says, it's coming to daytime and I can't be here. Let me go. Jacob says, I won't let you go unless I get a blessing. Now, they've come to a standstill because unlike the wrestling we did, one could say, I hate to say it of godly wrestler, but kind of cheated a little bit. He threw Jacob's hip out. Jacob limped the rest of his life, by the way, and had to use a walking stick as a mark of his wrestling with God. What is your name? Jacob, he says. Jacob. He says, no longer will you be called the, the striver or the grasper. You shall be called Yisrael, the one who wrestled with God and with men and prevailed. 
So the very name Israel, Yisrael, means the one who wrestled with God. El is God when it's put on the end of a name. Then Jacob says, you know my name and you've blessed me. What is your name? And in Buchanan's modern paraphrase, I'd say, do you really have to ask, Jacob? Come on. You figured that out when you asked for a blessing, didn't you? You know who you wrestled with. Joseph named the place Peniel, face of God. And actually it means faces of God in, in Hebrew. The word faces is a dual name because everybody has two. You know, two of everything you see left and right profile. Faces of God. He says, I've seen God face to face and my life has been delivered. Until that time, only Moses had seen God face to face and they got a holy sunburn out of the deal. Remember he had to veil his face in front of the people when he came out of the tent of meeting. And he limped because of his hip for the rest of his days. And the next line that I left out for time is that to this day, the tendon of the hip, the sciatic tendon, is not permissible for Jews to eat. The rest of the animal of, a, of, a, of an appropriate animal is edible. That piece has to be left out of the stew because it was a spot that God touched to get his point across to Yaakov and name him Yisrael. Remember too that the apostle Paul, while he never quite writes what it was, bore some kind of a physical infirmity that he regarded as his suffering to remind himself every day of the grace of God, that he could continue to make tents and preach, not in that order, with this physical infirmity. Jacob had a limp and a walking stick for the rest of his life to remind him. You wrestled with God and prevailed. Jesus describes a wrestling match too. Now, many of Jesus' parables start with, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. You notice this one doesn't start that way. Most of Jesus' parables are a good example. This is the other way around. This is the how not to. There were judges and there were judges in the day that Jesus told the story. There are the Jewish magistrates, and if this were in a Jewish court that the widow was seeking justice against someone who'd wronged her, they'd have three judges. She picks one as the plaintiff. The person who's wronged her picks one as the defendant, and the court finds somebody who doesn't know either one of them who's a judge, and that's the panel friend of each and a stranger to both. And there she would have received, most likely if her cause was good, she'd have received the justice because the Jewish courts were among the earliest to treat women fairly, quite frankly, and would have given her her case. There was another kind of judge that we would call a magistrate. Might have been appointed by the Romans, but was anyway a secular judge. And their title in Hebrew was supposed to mean a judge of punishment, they had a paraphrase for it that meant the judge of robbery. You could buy any verdict you wanted from these guys. Not so with the, the Jewish proper court. But this was a one-man court, and whatever verdict you wanted, if you had the uh, wherewithal, you could buy the verdict. The poor widow didn't have that. She didn't have a patron, she didn't have a husband, she didn't have a bank account. She couldn't do that. But she bugged him. 
She bugged him. He kept coming up on his, on his trial roster over and over again. He says, if I don't want to see this woman's name anymore, the only thing I can do is give her what she wants. Not because it's right. I just don't want to hear from her anymore. I guess negatively we could say she was a nag. Let's say that she prevailed because she persevered. Just as Jacob hung on to that spirit at the Jabbok, she hung on to her case. And she would not let go of that judge until he got tired of hearing her name and, and seeing her on the roster for the docket of the day. He said, I better give her what she wants. It's not going to cost me anything. It's going to cost somebody else. But he gets her off the roster. And Jesus doesn't compare God. Some people look at it and say, well, is God like an unrighteous judge with the nag? If you think you've got the energy, perseverance, and voice to bother God, you don't understand God's patience, God's wherewithal. God can take all the praying to him we can give him. It's not that it bothers him. We need to be focused on the prayer. And Jesus says, how much more then will your loving father give his elect, give his saints, give his church and the people in it what they ask for if they ask in a right heart and mind? The downside, of course, is the widow got her case because it was just. We'll get our blessings from God as God knows them to be right. I'll confess for us, I probably prayed for some things that God didn't give me because I wasn't in the right heart or it wasn't the right thing for me or God knew better for me. That may still be happening. But the perseverance, the hanging in there, the, the continuing to pray, because in that prayer, we open ourselves to conversation with God, and he may say, you know what? I may leave your hip out of joint. You may be limping from something in your life that's a reminder of having wrestled with this life and wrestling with our own contrariness to God's will. But in keeping in the conversation and continuing to persist with your petitions to God, you put yourself in communication. And if you pray rightly, here's another one I'll confess. If you're having a radio conversation with somebody, you know, you press the button to talk, little push to talk button. On a, I'm going to age myself on my CB radio in my first car. Now it's those little family talky radios. Phones are different. But if you're using the push to talk button to talk to God all the time, once in a while, let go the button. Because if you've ever used that kind of radio, you know if you're pushing to talk, you can't receive. It's not like a phone where you can talk over each other. Let go the push to talk. Lord, speak to me, you might hum in your head. But stay in the conversation. Continue to persist in wrestling with God and let him wrestle back. Hang on to God because he'll hang on to you. Continue to persist with a righteous judge who wants to give you what's best and in the persisting, in the pleading, God may say, I'll say yes, but it's going to be this yes, not the yes you expected. But don't give up. Don't give up. If your hip still hurts, don't give up. If you're still hobbling along with a walking stick because they're wrestling, don't give up. If you haven't received 
You think you haven't received the blessing that Jacob got, the blessing of a new name. If you haven't received the blessing you think is right, persist in the petition. Dare to wrestle with God. He's proved to Jacob and proved to many since. He's big enough to take it and willing to engage and wants the points to come out, if you will, such that we are blessed and we in turn then bless God's holy name in gratitude. Hang in there, hang on. Thanks be to God, amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.